The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Good shepherds, what comes out of that, are generous and they lead from places to places of life. Be generous as a shepherd over the people you have. Good shepherds, as it says here, the good shepherd leads us into places of peace and stillness. So be a peacemaker. Be a stillness maker as God allows you to shepherd people. Working with the local church to take the hope of Christ to every student in the United States. This is First Priority. Now here are your hosts, Steve Cherico and Brad Skelling. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. My name is Steve, and this is my teammate, Brad. Your name is Steve. My name is Steve. Welcome, Steve. Thank you. It's good to be here with you. Uh, you know, one day at a time. One day at a time, one show at a time. And I've heard one school at a time. One video cast at a time. One episode at a time. One breath at a time. Yeah, exactly. Is that where you're going? Yep, exactly. Yeah. One deep breath around Brad at a time. We're grateful for all of it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. What's going on today? Uh, well, we're recording a podcast. Sweet. It's Christmas. Is it Christmas Day? Season. Oh, okay. It's Christmas season. Right. It's Advent. For those of you who follow along in the Advent can- calendar. You're timestamping this one big time right now. Mm-hmm. You're okay with that? Uh, they got a couple weeks to listen before it's not relevant anymore. Okay. It's pretty early in Advent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In our family, we celebrate Christmas all year long. Do you? We do. Man. Gifts are one of those things that just happens. You got any open for adoption? I'd like to be your kid. Yes, we adopt. No, we don't adopt Dutch, but let's keep talking. <laughs> if you're not Dutch, you're not much. Well, we will go in there. Truth. Mm-hmm. Facts. This might be the first time Tiana's ever heard that. You're not Dutch, not much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. Tiana will hear it many more times. <laughs> she should. She should. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to the team, Tiana. Welcome to the team. Oh, so another national conference uh, show today. Show today. Correct. Yes. Let's talk about that. Uh, Mark Robbins, yep. president of First Party of America, is on the show today. President, CEO, Crown Wear. What other? What other titles? All does of them. He, he gets all of them. Okay. Good. Yeah, he gets Let's all of them. Visionary. Yep. Merchant. Merchant. I don't know. Just throwing one. Yeah, where he can make it up if okay. we want. Now we're making it up. Okay. But I was totally. Uh, yeah, he's another one of those guys. We heard Chris Lane last year. He's another one of those guys who've been around for 25 plus years. Started Tri-State. Just going to say, give some history because not um, everybody knows Mark's history. Started in nineties in the 90s, 96, I think Tri-State. Thank you. Right. Actually started. Um, they've been around ever since then. Still around with Emory Minton. Yeah. Um, Walked with Emory together 06, for a long time, and then he made going. the transition to yep. 08. Yep, coming on with First Party of America. Um, but yeah, he spoke at the conference Tuesday afternoon uh, before we headed off to the recording studio and had had that night out um, and just kind of cast some vision. Um, talked about shepherding, which was the theme of our conference this year, and the reason we went with that theme yep. was this talk. So hmm. yeah. Well, good. Well, let's jump into the talk and then we can give our thoughts at the end. Sounds good. Let's do it. I guess I get to kind of wrap us up this afternoon, sticking along with the theme of shepherding. There's a couple of books that I've read over the last few years, read one of them two or three times, the same book, um, that have really impacted me in terms of this language. Uh, But since we're in Nashville, I've got a really important question. Who can tell me the difference between a violin and a fiddle? You got it. Did y'all hear that? Violin has strings and the fiddle has strings. So there you go. That would be the difference. Uh, yeah, so uh, shepherding is, um, a lot of times I've mentioned this the other day, we look at it as a pastor, someone that fills a pulpit every week, but 
I've been doing this a long time, and I know there's been a lot of shepherding gone on in my life that some expected, some unexpected, and with a lot of different and diverse groups of people, as we talked about, the networks that First Priority has. And, um, and you know, the scripture I want to start out with, John 10, 14, 15, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. So I want to talk to us all about uh, just dying for the sake of first priority today. No, just kidding there. Uh, but I look around this room, there's a lot of great shepherds in here, and I've had the privilege of being around some of you for a long time, a long, long time. I, I know the illusion keeps talking about a lot of the old people in the room, but that is true. Uh, just started my 28th year doing this. Uh, Jim, JD, Chris, some of these guys are right behind uh, that or at the same time. Um, but... Uh, yeah, over the years, I remember a funny story when I was doing First Priority. I was sitting in my office one day, some business guys had given us an office, and I'm just in there praying, doing First Priority stuff, and this mother walks in, and she's got her son. I knew who they were, and she pushed him in my office, and she said, I can't do a thing with him. Help him. I'll be back after a while. And so she literally walked out of my office, and there he sat. Sad story is, a few years later, that kid was killed in a head-on collision in a car accident because he was severely high. So, sad story, but years, I guess I get into this, and here comes those pastors who are saying, man, you know what? My marriage isn't good, and I don't have anybody to talk to. There's all those types of things that happen, and then you begin to help people and let the Lord use you to shepherd them, if you will. So, you're doing that whether you realize it or not, but I want to talk specifically about some things. Uh, my first slide there, if you'd go to it. Uh, some skills of a shepherd. One is you do have to be a little tough at heart. Being a shepherd is about heart work, and it's also about making some really tough decisions. Um, we have to do that often in our personal lives, things of that nature. If you have spouses that work, there's tough decisions that go on in the workplace. And shepherding uh, is no different. You have to make tough decisions. And sometimes you just have to go with your instincts and your gut. I've learned over the years doing First Priority, there's been a lot of times that that gut, that Holy Spirit, was telling me to do this and my mind wouldn't go there and you make the wrong decision and then there's some type of price to pay for that, whether it's personally or for the people that are involved. So you got to be tough at heart. That's not to say we have to be cold and callous, but you do have to make hard, tough decisions sometimes and allow the Holy Spirit to guide your life. Uh, the second thing is you got to be willing to do hard work. When you think about shepherding, you talk about physical labor that they do, moving fences, moving herds of sheep. Uh, you know, handling bales of hay, all those things that go into this. Well, First Priority has a lot of hard work, doesn't it, that goes in with this. And uh, one of the things I always say, if you can't motivate yourself to do First Priority, then it may, need, may not be for you because this is one of those callings that God has on us that if somebody has to wake you up every day, then <laughs> there's a problem, right? Because you have a lot of freedom and a lot of opportunity, but you got to be willing to do that hard work. You got to be willing to do those hard things that it takes, whether it's fundraising, whether it's uh, speaking, whether it's training, whether it's coaching, whether it's dealing with a, uh, a situation with youth pastors, but you got to be willing to do the hard work. The third thing on there talks about you got to be willing to be humbled daily. We recently got a new uh, board member, I say recently, a couple of years ago a former NFL player that has been on some pretty big stages. Uh, recently, I think, spoke to 30,000 men or something like that. It's crazy, the influence that he has. 
came to his first board meeting with the First Brave America, and he walked in the room and sat there and was just kind of checking things out. And afterwards, he kind of pulled me aside and he said, you know what? He said, I've been a part of a lot of organizations, but when I sat in this room, he said, I could feel humility. There's a bunch of high-end business leaders in here, people that have ran, started Fortune 500 companies that are worth multi-million, and they're sitting in the room all with one in one mind and one accord, and they are there's humility there. So when I think about being humble daily, you know, if you look at shepherding on the uh, on the natural side of things, uh, the hard work. But what I want to say today is, there are going to be days when you're going to make the wrong decision. You're going to overlook the obvious sometimes. And the, and the not-so-obvious will attack and leave you on your knees. How many has ever been there? You, you, you overlook it, and then the next thing you know, you're on your knees because, man, I didn't see that, or I didn't, I didn't pray enough about that, or I didn't, I didn't see that coming. So somebody, we were talking about this, I think J.D. and some of us, you know, there's been a 28 years you see a lot of people come and go in first priority. How many of you guys been around can say that? Raise your hand if you've seen that over the years. I say this sometimes, but it is the truth. If everyone who ever started out on this journey was still in this room, Chris talked about 80 to 100 of us. Uh, I Sometimes uh, I'll go through my contacts on my phone, and I'm like, oh, I remember that person. They were in San Diego. I remember that person. They were in Houston. I remember that person. They were over here. All these names come up, and, and my memory goes back to meetings like this where they were sitting in the room. It's going to be a little strong word, but I'm going to say it. Just like I feel, I'm not going to over <laughs> shy away from this. The number one thing, Chris talked about mission creep, right? Mission creep is a, a big issue why a lot of people aren't in this room. Second one I'll tell you is egos and logos. That's why most of them aren't here today. They had to have their name on something. Their ego got in the way. Well, we can do this better than that, or I like th this different, and we need our logo on it. We need our name on this. We need our stamp on it, if you will. That's one of the things I love about First Priorities. Nobody's name is on it. The students, as we talk about, are the heroes. So humility is huge. Shepherding in the natural, or in the physical, certainly brings that out. The other thing I would say is, can't be afraid to learn new things. I just turned 60 last month, and I still learn a lot, but I forget about five things a day. But I still still learn a lot, just forget some of it quite often. But you got to be willing to learn new things. And on a regular basis, you will be required to learn a new skill, a new task, a new way of doing things. If ever you thought you knew it all, forget it. There will always be days when you realize there's much yet to learn. How many agree with that? Every day. You never get too old to learn. That's why with this district model and trying to help chapters and things, man, our team can talk about this all day long. We always go, man, we didn't think about that. We need to go back and put something in place there. We put this in place and it's not working well. Let's, let's pull it back. Let's redesign it. Let's refix it and go back. We're constantly learning new things. So I would challenge all the young people and the old people in here, never stop learning. It's an important skill to have. Great endurance. Sometimes you have to work with little sleep. Anybody ever done that? Sometimes you have to lift things with little strength. I actually kicked the kickball out there a while ago. I was like, man, I haven't done that in a long time. It's like, dang, you know, I probably won't be able to walk tomorrow. My foot will be broke, but yeah. But uh, I actually did that. So sometimes you have to work with little sleep. You have to lift with little strength, and you have to study. I love this with weak knees. You ever been there? 
and you know you need to get with the Lord, you need to be there, your knees are weak, you're, you're tired, you're, everything's going on, but you know that you got to get down there and do it. So you got to have endurance in this. I always One of the quotes I love is, uh, volunteers can quit, but called people can't, right? If God's called you to this, if you're called to something, you, you can't quit until God maybe calls you to something else, but if you're called to it, you can't quit. Next thing is exhibit the ability to observe. Takes great observation in getting to know what normal looks like to identify what is not normal. So if you're shepherding and you're looking at clubs, you're looking at youth pastor networks, you're looking at situations you're dealing with, you got to observe to know what is normal. In one of the books I read, it said, the lady says, one time my husband found me standing in our paddock area with the sheep, and he said, what are you doing? And I said, I responded, I'm getting to know my sheep. Just standing there watching them, observing them. So we need to do that as first priority leaders. Sometimes you need to step back and see what's going on and see what the climate's like and what things are happening and do I, do I move here or do I not kind of thing. Lastly on this slide is you got to be patient. Once you think things are going well and you have them figured out what typically can happen and often does, you don't have them figured out. They start not going well. Uh, you know, as first priority is growing lately, we're finding, you know, there's there's little fires pop up and you got to put them out and then another one pops up and you just got to keep dealing with stuff. You never really have it all figured out. And uh, the enemy certainly works hard to outlast us and to outsmart us. He's constantly trying to do that. So we will be tested. How many has been tested in the last, what, 30 days? Anybody? Yeah, you know, put both legs and hands up, right? You've been tested. So you got to be patient. Now, as shepherding, shepherding creates the culture of your organization or your network or whatever you're doing. So how do we do that? Number one, next slide, please, is you got to know the condition of your flock. What does that mean? If you got staff underneath you, you got to follow them. You got to know the status of them. You got to know what they're doing. We were having some side conversations today about I had some folks in here been doing this a long time, said, you know, you just get carried away and sometimes you forget to circle back and measure things or how's it going or, you know, did A, B, and C happen? It, they said it was going to happen, but I kind of went off and didn't go back to see if it happened. And then you find out it didn't happen and now you got a whole other situation. So you got to know the status of your people in their work. You got to get to know your sheep and shepherding one at a time. So for you guys that are growing your staff, you got to get to know those people one at a time, individually. Who are they? What's God gifted them with? What, what are their passions? What, can they what lane do they really need to be in to be successful? Engaging your people on a regular basis. And I love this one. Keep your eyes open and your ears. Ask questions and follow through. So you got to know the condition of your sheep. Secondly, this is different. You got to know the shape of your sheep. Now, what does that mean? What kind of shape are they in mentally, spiritually, all those types of things? The choice of sheep you make, whether that's to work with you. We talked about, you know, screening volunteers and things of that nature. The choice of sheep will make your management of your flock, if you will, either easier or harder. So you need to be conscious about that. Healthy sheep are obviously better than sick ones in a lot of cases. You don't want to inherit someone else's problems either. So you got to know the shape of your sheep to make sure what? That they are right for the fold you're, that you're shepherding. And in your case, that's a lot of difference. And we had some board conversations today. Hey, we got to get so-and-so on the board. Well, is that the right? Is, you know, number one, is that who God wants on this board? But is this the right 
type of sheep that we need in our board or on our organization or on our advisory team or whatever that is. You've got to know the shape of your sheep. Now, next is you've got to help your sheep identify with you. You personally, as their leader, as their director, as their coordinator or whatever, you've got to build trust. How do you do that? You've got to have integrity. You've got to have compassion. And I love this word, you've got to be authentic. So people can identify with that. We love to be around someone, right, that's authentic and they're, they're, they're compassionate and they're passionate and they have integrity about things. And we know that with people, right? We can sense that, our gut instinct. Uh, how else can you help your sheep or your followers or your staff identify with you? You can set high standards for performance. You know, define what you're trying to do, what their role is, and show them where they fit into that, and then turn them loose. Great quote here. Remember that great leadership isn't just professional, it's personal. So you have to help your sheep identify with you. Next, make your pasture a safe place. Pretty good picture there kind of showing that. How do you do that? How do you make first priority of your Permian Basin or South Florida or Fort Worth or Nashville or wherever, how do you make it a safe place for your team and your volunteers? Number one, you got to keep people well informed. People feel safe when they're, in, when they're communicated with and they're well informed. you got to infuse all positions, every role with importance. <laughs> if it's the person taking the pictures or if it's the volunteer grandmother or if it's the greeter at the door, everyone needs to feel important and valued. Back to what we talked about with hard work and tough, uh, tough situations, you also have to get rid of chronic problems and things that are instigating issues for you. This is how you can make your pasture a safe place. How many of you guys have ever had to deal with situations, church leaders, volunteers, or whoever, that you knew if you didn't deal with that issue, it was going to pollute and, and divide or your organization, your ministry? Anybody ever had that happen? Sure you have. Now, some of you are dealing with that right now. So, I love this one. You, gotta, you have to regularly rotate sheep to greener pastures, right? As with most livestock. So, sometimes you got to recognize that, especially you groups that are growing, man. Do I need to rotate somebody over here and just, you know, create a new environment or create some new energy or some new excitement or give them some new op opportunities, opportunities, if you will. So, uh, obviously very important to do that. And then the last thing I would say here is you can't give problems time to fester. Don't let them deal with them. Uh, you know, pray about it, get a solution from God, and go ahead and deal with it. Now, we had a couple of props. Where'd they go? Have some props. Anyway. Cool. Bring those up here, Caleb. So two things a shepherd uses. <laughs> Y'all know what those are, right? One of them is this, the rod of what? Correction. Walking tall, right? <laughs> the rod of cor correction. Three things about this. Number one is to protect. So what does that mean? You might have to stand in the gap, fight for your sheep. You might have to beat the wolves off. You might have to do some things with this rod of correction, but you've got to protect those that God's entrusted you with, that you're shepherding. The other thing this is used for is to correct. So you also might have to swat them upside the back with it or something. I don't know. But correction is also a part of the rod. And the other thing this is used for, and I didn't know this until digging in a little bit, is to inspect. 
use this to inspect sheep is what a shepherd would do with this. And there's various ways they would do that. Now, how do you do that with people? You got to you got to inquire. You got to ask questions, right? You got to dig in there. You know, a lot of times if there are issues, what's behind that is something else, maybe personal or whatever that we got to uncover. We got to get into, you know, people react and respond sometimes out of things that are happening way back here that we can't see. So the rod of correction is to help you protect, correct, and inspect. The staff of direction, right? Jesus was a great shepherd. David was a great shepherd. Moses, Abraham, the Bible talks about a lot of them. And when we see pictures of them, typically they will have one of these. First thing, if you're gonna if you're gonna give direction, what has to happen? You got to know where you're going, right? So when you guys, I get excited hearing some of you old folks that have been around doing this talking about growth and things. It's like, man, you're you're backing with your board, and you're going, okay, what are we gonna, how are we, where are we going next? How are we gonna do this? We're counting the costs. We're doing all those things. I love some of the conversations that are happening, but that's important that you, as a leader, and those around you, that you know where you're going. Weed eaters, are, weed eaters are excellent to clean the pasture out too, by the way. <laughs> uh, know where you're going. I love this. When you're directing people, use persuasion if possible, better possible more than coercion. There's a difference there, right? Be persuasive more than coercive. Give your people freedom of movement and make sure they know where the fence lines are. We talked about that a lot. That's come up in a lot of conversations, not in those exact words. We were having a board meeting recently, and we have some new new energy. I mentioned one of them around our board, man. They're just, you know, some of these new guys are younger, and they're big thinkers, and, you know, they're like, let's go, yeah. Let's go do this, man. Let's go do that. And it's like, great, you know. we got to pray about that and think through all that. But we also have some board members that have been around for a long time, and there's a lot of historical value. And one of them said, one of the wisest things I've heard, we were talking about some new ideas and things like that, and he said, well, the first thing is you have to know why the fence was put there before you take it down. So it's important to keep that in mind and in perspective. Why is the fence there? Well, we need to tear that thing down and get more pasture. and We need to do this. and We need to do that. But why did those before us put the fence there in the first place? So don't move the fence unless you know why it was put there. The last thing I'll say about that is don't confuse boundaries with bridles. They're different. Giving people boundaries is one thing, but bridling them, let God use the gifts and the talents that He's blessed you with with people on your team and put them out there. We talked about inspecting it, staying on top of things, but give people some freedom and liberty. If, they, if God's called them to come alongside of you and you feel confident that that's, that's the case, then allow them to, to move freedom within the boundaries that you set and let God use them to grow your, the first party organization that you're a part of. Let's go to the next slide, please. Lord, the Psalm 23, everybody knows that, right? I'm not going to read this uh, in depth, but I want to say a couple things. Verses 1 and 2 there. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Good shepherds, what comes out of that? Are generous and they lead from places to places of life. Be generous as a shepherd over the people you have. Good shepherds, as it says here, the good shepherd leads us into places of peace and stillness. So be a peacemaker. Be a stillness maker as God allows you to shepherd people. Verse 3, good shepherds 
He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Good shepherds are ministers of restoration. How many's ever had to do that? Many times, many times. We've had to restore people or allow God to restore them and allow us to still use them and give them opportunity for God to restore their life and their ministry. Good shepherds lead. Leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will feel no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> rod is for correction and inspection and protection, but yet Scripture says it comforts me. We need corrected. We need protected. But good shepherds also lead with truth and compassion as we read here in verse 4. They not only walk and support others, but they use your authority to help lead people out of bad situations. We've all had to do that. I've talked about that a little bit. Next, I will fear... Well, go back, sorry. I will fear no evil for you are with me. You're riding your staff. They come for me. You prepare a table for me before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Good shepherds, verse 5, lead others to the table that Jesus sat for us. Don't ever forget that. We can get ministry and you got to have a business side to first priority, but we need to make sure there's a good balance that. I'm always constantly, one of the things I had to learn early on was God, family, ministry in that order and with my time, right? So we have to lead others to the table that Jesus set before us, which was initially and for, 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 uh, foremost and forefront is the table that with Him, to be at the table with Him. Good shepherds lead from an overflow of the devotion in their own personal life. It's important that we spend time with God, isn't it? It's probably one of the biggest things I learned from my heart attack. Sometimes you get out there and you, you know, you, you start making decisions. And yeah, I prayed about that, but you know, and uh, you wind up and you're going, man, you know that I really didn't spend enough time about that, thinking about that, praying through that. I really didn't allow God to do that. Other situations, you make a decision not trusting that God is there. You make the best decision that you can at the moment with the information that you have, right? As long as your heart's pure in that, you allow God to work through that and let Him do what He does. Verse 6, good shepherds know that goodness and mercy are testaments of what? A life surrendered to Christ. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So, the way of a shepherd. Here's what it is. It's the path or the road that we lead people down and the style, the manner, and the methods we use to lead others. I'm going to say that again. Shepherding is the path or the road that you lead people down and the style, manner, and methods by which you lead them. It's important. Because somebody said it yesterday. I don't, I don't remember who it was. Kids, our teenagers have been lied to. And they have. So all these things, authenticity, integrity, uh, compassion, the things that we talk about with shepherding, with leadership, that's what kids are looking for. They know if we're real. They know if we're fake or not. Listen, I told a funny story. One time I was first doing this, I was standing in the middle school in the club. They wouldn't let us in the room yet for the club. And we're standing there, this little kid standing there beside him. And I'm looking, he's like, he's looking at me, you know. He didn't, he didn't really know who I was. And all of a sudden he said, you're the coolest old guy I know. I was like, you know, what's he saying to me? What he was saying really, in my words, if I were him thinking that, he was saying, I'm kind of glad you're here, you know. Kind of like you being here, you know. I don't know you really, but you're a pretty cool old guy. So 
All those things are important if we're going to reach the generation we have. Now I want to tie this, and then I'm going to do one thing that I felt led to do. Traction, you guys know we use that, but it has three things. Do you get it? That's what they say. Do you get it? Do you know what first priority is? Do you know what shepherding? Do you know what building an organization is, networking? Do you, do you get it? And I'm asking you that for you to look at yourself and think about that. Do you get it, what we're trying to do? There's, what, 80 to 90 of us. That's a small army. But we can have a conversation with Gideon about how that works, right? So that doesn't bother me at all. What I am more concerned about is that the 80 or 90 people in this room, that they get it and they're called to it, right? Secondly, what it says, I get it. Well, can you do it? Now think about the things we just talked about, being tough at heart, having endurance, making tough decisions, uh, being authentic, being patient, all those types of things. Those are things that you have to look at that are characteristics and traits and skills that if you, you need to have those and embrace those if, you, if you're going to do this. They'll help you do it. So do you get it? Can you do it? The last one is back to the calling. Do you want it? You have to want it. My wife will tell you, I don't know if she's in here right now or not, but she's like, you do realize the first two or three years you did this, I never saw you, which I did repent for when I realized that. But, you know, you get, get busy doing it because I wanted it because I saw what was going on in the world with teenagers. So here's how I want to close this out. Shepherding, hopefully we can, we're doing a decent job of that with you all. We're really trying to get more focused on that, especially with some of you that have been around for a long time, trying to be more connected and things like that and support you where you're at. Uh, we're getting a lot of good response to that. Uh, but we want to continue to do that because it's lonely out there, isn't it? Sometimes this is a lonely job. Uh, right. I got an amen right there, didn't I? Sometimes this is a, is a lonely job. But here's, and I'm not going to put you on the spot, but we're going to pray. But I want you to see and know a little bit about what I know. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm just going to name some things. And if any of this has been an attack on your life, I want you to stand up. No, and wait till, wait till I say them all that way. You don't have to, you're not like, oh yeah, I got a problem with this. And everybody knows it because I just stood up, right? But I know in this room, there are people that I've personally talked with over the last 12 months that the enemies come hard at your family, your, your personal, your, your close family, like hard at it. I mean, you were blindsided. Things happen that you're like, wow, never saw that coming kind of deal. There are people in here, myself included, that the enemies attacked your health in a lot of different ways. There are people in this room that you have a lot of anxiety and stress and your mind is uh, problematic at times, things of that nature. There have been many of you in here that have had your church family turn your back on you for different situations. There's all types of situations that I know about because I've prayed with some of you. You've shared with me because of what? That's part of what? Part of shepherding, right? So, if you've had any of those problems, I want you to stand up. And then what we're going to do, I want you to pray around the table. Some of y'all, you got major family problems you've had. you got health issues. you got social anxiety yourself. you got mental stuff going on you know we're not immune to that right i mean the enemy will attack us wherever so at your tables if you've dealt with any of those issues stand up 
and we're going to pray. I want you to pray for each other around the table. Family, health, mind, those three things particularly, because I know there's been a war going on. How many know that? Raise your hand. There's a war going on. I've seen it. Still watching some of it. So let's pray and let's shepherd one another right here. Let's love each other. Let's uh, care for our brothers and sisters. Let's stand in the gap for them. And um, I'm going to let you pray. I don't know if you can play some music or something for a minute, if that's possible. And then um, I'll close this out again when that's done. But And maybe if you're comfortable and you want to share specifically, you know, hey, pray for this for me or my family. So, all right, let's bow our heads and then you can pray at your tables. Father, help us to uh, be good shepherds, God, to the flocks you've given us. Help us to uh, pay attention to all the things that we just talked about today. Uh, the skills that we need, God, for you to use us, uh, being tough at heart, being willing to do hard work, being patient, having endurance, keeping humility. Those things, God, that we know are a part of uh, being a good shepherd and a vessel that you can use. And also, God, just knowing the things we talked about, knowing the condition of people around us, the, what shape they're in mentally, physically, spiritually, uh, knowing the problems that are there and being helping to go through those, God. So as we pray around our tables for each other, God, those families, those people here that are dealing with uh, personal, up-close family situations, God, we're trusting you to move in that. Those that are dealing with uh, uh, health issues, God, things that they're battling, God, that you would just move in that right now as we pray together and believe. And those that have uh, just anxiety, God, and stress that's going on in their life, Lord, we pray that, that they would be lifted up. So as some music plays, if you would, just pray for one another around your tables there. Well, Steve, it's always good to hear from Mark. I know uh, he's busy with all the, the many jobs we listed off at the beginning of this mm -hmm. episode, things that he does. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, not everybody gets to hear from him, but it was good to hear from him. Was and and you know Robbins is a figurehead in a lot of ways, and so you don't yeah. get that deep time with him except for one or two touches a year. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, right? you're, you're an right. exception to that, right? Sure. And so is the team here. Mm -hmm. But on a whole, there are a few people that get a lot of time with Mark, and then a lot of people that don't because he's just what he does for the organization. So yep. allowing him to be a little bit honest, a little bit personal. I mean, those of you who were with us and those of you who weren't, uh, Mark's only a year and a few months out from a pretty big health scare. Yep. And so walked up pretty strong. Mm -hmm. Walked up, you know, not just strong and, and physical, but strong and, hey, fortitude, let's do this. Yeah. So talking about the shepherd hook, talking about the rod, the staff and what those meant. Yeah. Uh, it was fun to fun to hit for him to use those visuals. It was good. Yeah. And for us as first priority leaders to see that both personally for us to say, hey, the shepherd's role. And if we're being shepherd shepherded by God. We all kind of know that, but to hear it, to say, Hey, that's the rod. He's going to draw us in and the staff he's going to, you know, discipline and Correct. prod us Correct. along um, to fall in line, right. With, with what he desires for our life. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, to kind of cast that vision as for us as shepherds, shepherds of the shepherds, we talk about that, right. Yeah. We, we have youth ministry networks. People start coming to us because we are a safe place. We're not in their church, yeah. but we're part of the church. And, and, and we get that, kind of authority in people's lives, um, it's good to know we need to pull people in and we need to prod them along at the same time. Well, and so it, it challenges me on the level of that we are all comfortable. Nobody wants to admit it. 
but everybody Living likes comfort. Everybody yeah. likes comfort, mm-hmm. right? And so our offices, where we stay, is on a church campus that I pastored for 11 or 12 years. Yeah. Right. And so it's super comfortable that, oh, we need space. Well, let's mm-hmm. just go over to this place. Yeah. Oh, we need a uh, contact. Well, let's just call them. Right. Yeah. But that's not really shepherding the local church. That's being connected to what I'm connected to. And so I have to be on purpose about thinking about not what my denominational background is, what my comfort background is, but what is what is the local church and where are my relationships? Yeah. And I have to do it on purpose because, sure. again, our campus <laughs> where we have the national office and the local office for FP Nashville are on a church's campus that I like it or not because of time and tenure there, I can pretty much ask for anything and they would say, yeah, how can we do that for you? Sure. But I don't want to do that because that's not shepherding the local church locally. That's just being comfortable. Sure. So it prodded me. It prodded Mm -hmm. me to think about, okay, what are all the territories, regions, areas that I'm responsible for Mm -hmm. that I need to make sure that I am shepherding the different parts of the body of Christ, even the ones that I don't connect with very well, Sure. that I still need to reach out to and say, hey, your kids are going to these schools. You at least need to be aware of this. Drawing them in. Yeah. Yeah. Whether you... Whether you choose to be a part, that's on you. Yeah. I can't fix that. Yep. But I do have to make you feel welcome enough that you want to come understand what's going on in the campus. Yes. Yeah. Have that shepherd's heart. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For everybody. Yep. And even, that's not that's even the Dutch reformed. All of us. All of us. All of us. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm glad to be included yeah. in your circle today. Absolutely. It's nice. Listen, I'm I am um well, I won't even do that. Thank, <laughs> thank you. It sounds Not good. We were st- end of the year saves. Yes, yes. yes end but of the whatever year was saves. coming I'll, out of I'll your go. heart and mind. Yeah, I had a good one, but I'm going to leave it alone. <laughs> thank you. You're I welcome. appreciate it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Goodness. Well, everybody, I hope you were encouraged today by Mark and uh, his words of shepherding. And, I was. And I was encouraged by Steve's not speaking those words about me. It wasn't and, about uh, him. I was all... just going to say I'm a Mexican Polak, so I'm just as confused as they come. Oh, there you go. There you go. All right. All now right. we'll get a letter or two. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm the only one you've ever met. Are you sure? Mexican Polaks? I'm oh, I'm the only sure. one you've ever met. Buddy. I'm going to start asking people on the you sidewalk. Should. <laughs> you should. Find out where people are. And that's the wrap, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, we can't end it any worse than that right there. Till then. See you next week. Later, everybody.